established. of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Season, 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 five, five, five. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts today. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Yo, what's up, guys? Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. So in total, we have over 120 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. Now to see this full list of Patreon episodes, just go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the Patreon Episodes tab, and there will be the entire list of past Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is a two-topic special where we covered the chronovisor, which is supposedly a device that the Vatican is secretly hiding that allows you to see into the past. Also, our other topic is over the Utsuro Boon UFO, which is about a weird UFO that was found in the early 1800s in Japan. So you get access to that episode, as well as all of the others, for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you would like to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or on Spotify. And that helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. And that is the end of the announcements. So today's episode is over the Giant of Kandahar. So how this episode will go today is that we'll talk about what is the Giant of Kandahar, as well as what happened in Afghanistan. And we also have audio from the soldiers that encountered this giant. And then we talk about the origins of the story and then roll into strange facts and findings, as well as theories. And then, of course, we wrap it up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. Throughout history, stories have been passed down of human beings battling mythical creatures. From Bigfoot to the Loch Ness Monster, these legends have always captured our imaginations and are usually written off as being not true. However, 
In 2002, in the mountains of Afghanistan, the United States Special Forces got into a firefight with an odd creature and ended up killing it. This encounter was supposedly covered up, hidden from the public, and made the governments around the world question what they knew about human history. This is the Giant of Kandahar. All right, so today's topic has been requested multiple times by numerous individuals. So for the past few weeks, as me and Dan have been gathering information about what topics we should cover for Season 5, we figured, hey, with the launch of Season 5, it would be a great time for us to cover this topic. So with that being said, Dan, do you want to start us off and tell us a little bit about what is this giant of Kandahar? Absolutely. So before we get into today's topic, there are a few things that we need to discuss. The first thing that we need to talk about is about the Twin Tower attacks on September 11th, 2001. And I know what you are thinking. What the hell do the Twin Tower attacks have to do with a giant? Well, I'll tell you exactly what it has to do with it, okay? So on October 7th, 2001, which was a little less than a month after the Twin Towers got hit, the United States president at the time, George W. Bush, he made the announcement that the United States was going to start a global war on terrorism. The United States decided that it was going to start an operation of airstrikes, as well as sending in troops to target and get rid of al-Qaeda and other terrorists that were mainly located in Afghanistan. Now, the United States government was going to call this Operation Enduring Freedom. Still, what the hell does this have to do with the giant? Well, in 2002, during the beginning of this Operation Enduring Freedom is when supposedly a team of U.S. Special Forces had encountered a giant humanoid-looking creature that attacked them. Now, since that encounter, there have been multiple rumors circulating around not only individuals in the military, but also between other people around the world who claimed to have seen this creature. Now, we do have an audio interview of the Special Forces person telling his story. I do want to warn you, though, that his voice is modified to keep his identity a secret. So at times, it might be hard to understand what he is saying. By the way, you're going to hear two people in this audio. There's going to be an older gentleman who's interviewing the soldier. And, of course, you're going to hear the soldier's voice who's going to be like, rah, rah, rah. right, it's all, <laughs> it's all covered up. So, yeah, there you go. Totally modified. Yeah, just an FYI. All right, I'm going to play it right now. You were in Afghanistan in 2002, and you were called into a very remote section of Afghanistan because a patrol um, had basically gone missing. Exactly. Okay. So we flew in about four clicks, kilometers. We're hiking through the same area where they were supposed to make one of their checkpoints, you know, one of their rally points. So we're coming down a, a mountainside, and it was a nice, nice path, goat path. As we bent around this corner, you could see this opening of the cave. There's a cave as we're coming around. And then I see there's a lot of rocks, which is another oddity, and then bone matter. When I'm not close enough to identify what kind of bones, but I did see something I knew was a piece of our communications equipment. 
So instantly, we're thinking ambush, maybe animal, you know, it could be anything. And there was enough room in front of this cave, but it had a sheer drop off. But there was enough room that we actually got into a decent dispersal in case of ambush. You see something coming out of the cave, and it's moving with a speed and agility that catches you off guard. Everybody. Everybody. And he comes out. Hold on, I want to pause it right there. I just want to say I did not put the music behind this, and I did not make those sound effects of that giant going, okay? And I do want to make it clear what he's about to say is that a special forces member on his team is named Dan, and Dan's about to get stabbed. So in case you don't understand what he says, I'm just letting you know ahead of time. All right, let's go back to the soldiers encountering the giant. It was a man at least 12 to 15 feet This is a monster, red beard, and his hair was longish past the shoulder, a scarlet red, and Dan runs at him and starts shooting, which broke all of us into the reality. As it was so now, now your training is kicking Oh yeah, okay. muscle memory, that complete muscle memory. While Dan is moving at him, another bro of mine's laying down fire and I start firing. He skewers Dan. He's now got him on this pike. It went through. He's still got him. And he's coming after more. We all just clicked in. I don't know what it was, but I remember we're all like, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. Weapons components were in four. We had 308s. And we had Barrett 50s. This is sounding longer than it took. We're talking 30 seconds. He's taking multiple hits, and he's still moving. Dan was dead. And uh, why is a good man, probably one of the best men I know, now dead? Before I'd left, they were already starting what they call a nine line, which is a medevac request. They're sending out a medevac request, then all of a sudden it's not a medevac request. All of a sudden we had a helicopter show up, because like I told you, it was a large precipice and a sheer drop. And uh, so we got him on there, thing was too big. We couldn't move it. It smelled worse than a skunk. A corpse that's been around for a while. Once the helicopter came in, dropped its little hook, and off he goes. So there you go. That's the audio. And um, in case you didn't understand him completely, it's okay, because we're going to kind of go over the story again. All right? Except it's going to be like a shorter version of it. So to sum it up, this person who was telling a story was part of a special forces unit. Now, this special forces unit was sent out to investigate a remote area of Afghanistan because a patrol unit that had previously been there ended up going missing. So this special forces team were out searching for this other unit when they happened to stumble upon a cave. Now, this cave had multiple bones surrounding it as if like a large creature was eating something and then just threw his bones outside of his cave. So as they approached this cave, a 12 to 15 foot tall giant that had red hair, so he was a ginger, and a red beard, along with six fingers on each hand, six toes on each foot, and two sets of teeth, ended up coming out of the cave all pissed off. 
This giant attacked the group of soldiers with a spear and stabbed one of them, Dan. The one who got killed was Dan, and he was a great man, according to that one soldier. Dan's are always great men. The soldier he stabbed ended up dying, but the other soldiers shot the giant in the head, killing it. After that, a United States helicopter came and took the giant away to an undisclosed location, and everyone who was involved had to sign an agreement that they would not tell anyone about what they encountered that day. So there you go. That's the story of the giant of Kandahar. However, this story does not stop there. So we actually did some digging because we wanted to find out when and where was it first mentioned so that we could try to figure out if this entire thing was true or not. So that is what we are going to get into right now, our investigation into this story. So Dan, tell us what we uncovered. All right. So the first mention about this giant occurred on December 3rd, 2008. That night on Coast to Coast AM, which is a radio talk show, the host of the show at the time, George Norrie, had a guest speaker, Steve Quayle, on. During that interview, Steve had brought with him a United States military pilot who wanted to stay anonymous due to the story that he was going to tell. So during that interview, this pilot made a shocking claim. He stated that while he was stationed in Afghanistan in 2002, that he had transported a dead, humanoid-like giant on his helicopter that had been shot and killed by United States Special Forces. The pilot also stated that the creature was 12 feet tall and weighed around 1,100 pounds. It had six fingers on each hand, and its feet had some basic-ass shoes on it made of some canvas-like material. So the giant wasn't wearing any Nikes or anything like that. Now, we do have a short audio clip from the pilot's interview, which we are going to play that right now. There you are in the, the hills of Afghanistan. Uh, how many troop members are you with? We had uh, six on my crew. Uh, when we say hills of Afghanistan, uh, for us, we did not fly into the wilderness. We actually flew into a base. Uh, I guess this thing was transloaded out of the uh, mountains by a CH-47. What I could see that it did have the six fingers. I remember taking my foot up and placing it up next to its foot, and it was extremely large. We estimated at about 12 feet, give or take. Uh, what I can tell you is the weight of the thing, basically, it was approximately 1,500 pounds when it was getting on the aircraft. Now, if you take away the pallet weight and all the rigging that we had to uh, hold this thing down, we figured it was around uh, 1,100 pounds. So that right there is a short clip of the pilot's interview. And I do just want to reiterate that I did not do the sound effects to that audio. Whoever put that helicopter sound in the background is not smart at all, okay? All right, so something else that the pilot had stated during his interview was that his superiors had told him that the giant would eventually be transported back to the United States to a base that was located in Ohio. And that right there is the very first mention of the giant of Kandahar. Now, shortly after it occurred is when rumors started to circulate between military personnel. A few years after that is when investigative journalists started looking into the claim and multiple documentaries on it started to surface. And two of the supposed soldiers that were involved with killing the giant anonymously came forward and told their stories, which is what we listened to earlier. 
so there you go. The Giant of Kandahar's Origins. However, our digging did not stop there because we decided to dig into the story even more and we uncovered some even weirder things. And we're going to cover those right now during Strange Facts and Findings. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about the first strange fact and finding that we have? Of course. Our first strange fact and finding is about the man who brought forth the giant of Kandahar, Steve Quayle. So, who the hell is he? Steve was the former editor and publisher of Survival Quest and Security and Survival Chronicles. And if you're wondering what the hell that is, well, you're not alone. I was trying to find out if these were books or something, but they were just monthly newsletters that he released, you know, every month. It dealt with different types of hazardous events and how to prepare for them, which sounds like good information. Yeah, I mean, kind of like a doomsday prepper magazine, but for hazardous events. (laughs) Technically, yeah. (laughs) Okay, all right. So for the past several years, Steve has been stating that Americans need to be aware of bioterrorism and other weapons of mass destruction. Now, not only that, but in a book that he published called Breathe No Evil, he claimed that a major chemical or biological attack in a city would happen. So basically, he's like a... He's like a prophet. A prophet, but he like works off of fear, saying, hey, this is going to happen, so you need to buy my book to uh, figure out what you need to do. Yeah, so in his book, you know, when he talked about that, he made that claim. Guess what happened three weeks after he made that claim? I do not know. The Aum Shinrikyo cult released the nerve gas in Tokyo subways. Which we did an episode over that. We did. Did we title it Aum Shinrikyo or did we title it something else? The Tokyo Sarin Gas Attacks or? I think we named it the Aum Shinrikyo, didn't we? Aum Shinrikyo Theories of the Third Kind. Um, we titled it uh, Japanese Death Cult, Aum Shinrikyo. Oh, yep. And when did we release that? About two months ago, maybe three. Of course, everything's pulling up in French for some odd reason for me on my computer, so I don't know. But yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago. It was a great episode. So what else did this Steve guy say? So, I mean, he made other claims in it, but the one claim that caught my eye was that he claimed that he was a messenger for God. God as in, like, G-O-D? G-O-D. Oh, boy. All right, so moving forward. Steve also has published numerous other books, uh, but there's one specific one that we came across that we were like, eh, it's a little weird. And this one is called Long Walkers, The Return of the Nephilim. So in this book, Steve writes about a story how a 12-foot-tall creature was uncovered by Special Forces troops in 2005, which he was wrong there because supposedly it happened in 2002. Correct. But he's saying in this book it happened in 2005. And not only that, in this book, Steve predicts that, hey, there's going to be a lot more battles with giants later on, that they're just going to start coming out of caves and attacking people. So kind of like Attack on Titan a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what this was kind of reminding me of. But yeah, I wanted to read this book. So, you know, of course, I... Got on DuckDuckGo and searched up the book. And, of course, first link that comes up is, like, Amazon. Guess how much this book was? Uh, are you talking, like, the Kindle version or, like, paperback? Paperback. 20 bucks. Nope. For a used copy, it was $70. For a brand new copy, $100. Jesus. You better, like, uh, sign it and 
send 80 bucks with it. Yeah. And like I decided to look at some of the other books that he had as well. And they were marked pretty high as well. And I, I scrolled all the way down to the reviews and there were a bunch of reviews. And of course, there was like one star is just like, if you're going to try to help people prevent or like, you know, prep them for bioterrorism and stuff like that, why would you price it so high? Well, he's got to make his money, you know? Yeah. And like he just seemed to want to make, you know, money with everything he wrote, especially with Giants. And he, for some reason, oh, he always connected the, you know, Giants to biblical stuff like uh, the Nephilim. Okay. I know exactly what you're saying, because as I was researching it as well, uh, we both came across something very weird. Steve loved giants. Like, he really, really loved giants. And he would often state in his books how fallen angels would come down to Earth and that they would change their size so that they could fornicate with human women. Now... He specifically said that the giants had to change the size of their dongs. Apparently, their dongs were so big that they had to shrink them down to be able to fornicate with human women. And I'm not saying that to be funny. He really stated that, didn't he, Dan? Yes, he did. And we actually have a small clip of Steve talking about this stuff on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And George actually had to stop Steve from talking about the Giants and, you know, their dongs. So we're going to take a listen to that right now. This is important. The Giants worldwide seem to have red hair. And I want to make a clarification, George, because I'm getting some emails. It's not the Giants that had sex with Earth women producing Giants. It was the fallen angels who could, if you will, shapeshift. The Giants were the offspring, right? The Giants were the offspring. So people are saying, well, they'd split the women open. Well, that's what uh, the, happened when many of the women gave birth to the Giants. They died in childbirth. And the thing that's important is it's the fallen angels who can change their size. And I'm not just talking about the reproductive size. I'm talking about their literal physical size because they seduced the women. And obviously most women aren't going to run up to a giant that's going to split them open if they have all a right, late Steve, night. let's let's pass on that stuff. All you right? got it. Okay. A little bit uh, too graphic for us. So, yeah, he was a pretty interesting guy, to say the least. And I know you took a look at his website. <laughs> what did you think of his website? You know, back in the day when you had to use like AOL to log in and you go to a website and all these ads would pop up? Yes. Yep. That's what his site reminded me of. There are so many ads everywhere all over that site. I didn't know where to start reading. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, make sure you use an ad blocker if you go to this guy's website. Okay. And by the way, if you got sidetracked and like, who's this Steve guy again? He's the one that brought the story up first and pretty much brought it to light. All right, so that right there is the first strange fact and finding that we have. So, Dan, do you want to tell us about this next strange fact and finding we got? All right, so this next strange fact and finding is a creepypasta that we came across on Reddit. Describe real quick what a creepypasta is. They're basically fictional horror stories that people write on the Internet. So they're scary stories online, pretty much. Yeah, it's like Slenderman and the back room, stuff like that. Okay, all right. But yeah, so we come across this one. And it's called Kill Evil That the Government Does Not Want You. And it's a pretty lengthy creepypasta that was written by a guy. And it pretty much goes into, like, the giant of Kandahar. But then it also goes into, like, uh, the beginning of giants, the fallen angels, and hell itself. There's, like, five different parts to it. 
Okay, so this was after the Giant of Kandahar story came forward. Correct. Okay, so it seemed like maybe this guy might have been making it up, you know, because it does follow the same exact kind of story that was told years prior. I mean, I didn't read all of it, but one part of it, it said, Son of Yeshua, I will eat your soul. Oh, so he went biblical with it as well, just like Steve. Yeah. Okay. And in case this is your first time listening to us, I just want to reiterate, we do not talk about politics and we do not talk about religion. We keep that completely out of our episodes, okay? So if you're saying, oh, they don't like talking about religion. No, we don't talk about religion at all on our show, okay? All right, so with that being said, let's get into our next strange fact and finding. All right, our next strange fact and finding is about another giant that we found, but this one was in Japan. When we were scouring the interwebs, or aka sleuthing, there was this old, old old-looking footage of a giant walking in a military parade in Japan. People that saw this film or footage said that it was a top-secret footage that was leaked to the public, which we do have that clip. There's really no audio to it. It's just video. So if you want to go see it, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, go to references, and it will be up for you to look at. Yeah, and I'm sure if you've looked into conspiracies or anything bizarre or just giants in general, you will know what footage we're talking about, okay? It's the black and white footage of a giant Japanese man walking down the street in a sort of like a parade. Now, this guy is literally like 20 feet tall is what he looks like. He has a huge neck, but he has like shorter T-Rex arms. So he sort of kind of looks like a T-Rex a little bit. But yeah, he's just walking down the street in this parade in sort of like a sumo-type underwear. And near the end of this short video clip... He's actually standing with some other tall people for a picture. Now, some claim that this was just a popular sumo wrestler in the parade. However, I mean, he would have to be absolutely enormous or he would have to be in a parade of dwarves because, <laughs> I mean, he's a lot bigger than everyone else. Um, now, others believe that this is actually real footage that shows like a real life Nephilim or giant. But Dan, of course, with his sleuthing magic, he actually dug deep into this. And tell us what you found. All right. So with my sleuthing, I did find that there is a twist to this video. This giant of Japan was actually from a movie made in 2007 called Big Man Japan. So this movie is an outrageous portrayal of an original superhero in Japan. Big Man Japan, Daisato, inherited the role of defending Japan against a host of bizarre monsters. He receives high-voltage electroshocks, which then transforms him into a stocky, stick-wielding giant that is about several stories tall. You know, we have a link to that trailer for that movie, which this is where the speculation comes in. The video that we originally found for it and then the trailer for it, you can see that there is like a slight difference in coloration and animation. You can say CGI. So you think maybe this footage this black and white footage was actually came up on the interwebs and i'm just speculating here maybe the government the japanese government said oh shit we gotta connect this with something we can't just have this footage surface so let's make a movie trailer about it and just say hey it's for a movie 
that's what everyone believes. And I mean, you can when you watch it, you could kind of be like, yeah, that's probably what they did. All right. So we have a that movie trailer. And of course, we will provide it on our website for anyone to go take a look at. So you just go to theories of the third kind dot com, click on references, scroll all the way down and we'll have it there. It's a minute and 40 seconds long. Big man, Japan official trailer. Aaron, are you watching it? Because you have to watch it. It is hilarious. Okay, it starts off with the parade of the guy walking down. Uh, people waving flags. All right, now the guy standing next to them. What the hell? Wait, what? Now it's just, it transitions to like modern day people talking. This is a very weird trailer. It, it goes to like modern. Wait till you see the first monster though. What the hell is wrong with his hair? He looks like Wayne Static from Static X. What the hell is that? Oh, my God. All right, so the trailer shows this big guy. It's not black and white footage. It's like modern-day cartoon footage now, and he's fighting monsters. The first monster has, like, this wiener eye that he, like, throws at him, and it's a bunch of different monsters, but when you watch this trailer, the very first bit of it is the old footage of this giant walking down this parade. And you can tell it's old footage. And then they go to, like, clearly new footage. It almost looks like a cover-up to me, to be completely honest. It does, but I read more into it. So, the giant that's in the Big Man Japan movie, he's the inheritor of, like, the power to defend Japan. So, throughout the centuries, all that stuff, there's been other people that doing it. So, they're saying, like, I guess this footage is of one of the original big man Japans that defended Japan. Okay. All right. A little weird, you know. So I guess let's move on to our next strange fact and finding, which is a statement from a soldier who was in Afghanistan and Iraq. And this soldier claims that he saw very odd things while stationed there. So we have a short audio clip of his statement, which we will listen to right now. Uh, I will tell you that uh, when I was doing my time in the service, and the stuff I saw, some of it I couldn't uh, explain, like lights in the sky during firefights, like orbs or uh, lights that be the size of a, a softball that looked that size looking up in the sky but making weird noises. And, and even going to Iraq myself and, and being near Haditha Dam and knowing, seeing the prisoners underneath the, the, the dam and Prisoners would scream and there'd be this awful feeling underneath the dam and then later finding out in the Bible that um, angels locked underneath there were talks about. And this Haditha Dam is the Euphrates. Is Euphrates, and correct. And an angel supposedly locked underneath the Euphrates. Correct. Which is released in the Book of Revelation. Correct. That's bizarre. So you're actually at this site and soldiers are being locked in prison underneath the Haditha Dam. Correct. And they're freaking out. They're freaking out. They said they could feel it. In fact, the uh, people who would guard them would... Uh, they would draw straws to see who would actually take them. No one, no one wanted to go down. Nobody wants to go down. Going back to Afghanistan, we would hear these things. We would hear the locals talk about rumors of these giants. What would the locals say? How would they talk about it? They say that they lived in the caves and they would eat people. And uh, They were cannibals. They were cannibals. And we, at the time, chalked it up to our United States' Bigfoot. So I know that's a lot to unpack. Basically, he's saying that during his time in Afghanistan and Iraq, he saw a lot of orbs in the sky, as well as there's a prison underneath the Euphrates that supposedly, according to the Bible, that's where 
because like four angels are locked in and the prisoners didn't want to go in there. Prisoners or soldiers? Prisoners would be locked in there, but the soldiers would have to escort the prisoners down in there. Ah, okay. And he also stated like it was common knowledge between the locals that, hey, there are giants in the caves that would eat people. So yeah, I thought that was very, very weird. And it is a different soldier from the first one who made his uh, claim, right? This is a different soldier, but they, they put some weird um, voice masking over this soldier. Also, they put shitty sound effects in the background of gun shooting. It's like, the dude's making a statement. Don't put that in the background. Damn. Anyways, so that's that strange fact and finding. Nice. All right, Dan, tell us about this last strange fact and finding. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break. We will be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. So our last strange fact and finding that we're going to talk about is of Dan. Not me. I'm not the Dan in this one. But Dan, the soldier that supposedly got killed by the giant. So we started scouring the interwebs and trying to find documents of any soldiers that died around the time frame named Dan. What we found is that the only Dan that died in Kandahar around the time of this alleged incident in 2002 was Sergeant First Class Daniel A. Romero who was killed in a bomb blast alongside three other soldiers. So yeah, there was no uh, reports of a Dan getting scoured by a giant. Yeah. Which I wouldn't expect that, right? If it truly did happen, the government's not going to say, hey, he got scoured by an unknown entity. They'd make something else up. But there you go. That's the last strange fact and finding. And I guess it's time for us to start theorizing as to what really happened. So the first theory that we're going to talk about is that the giant was real and that the government is hiding the truth, which this poses the question, why would they hide it? Well, if you think about it, it's just like the Smithsonian Museum, right? Supposedly, they hide any evidence that they collect that proves the existence of giants or the Nephilim just like we covered in our Giants episode. Yep. Now, the Smithsonian, they collect this evidence, and they kind of keep it under wraps, so that the public kind of stays unaware that, hey, in human history, Giants did exist. And maybe us finding this out, you know, that, hey, Giants live among us, would also reveal that, hey, the government is hiding from everyone other things, such as a way to live longer, maybe become stronger. Hell, maybe even that the Earth is hollow. I'm not stating that it is. I'm just saying, hey, these are the possibilities that it could release, right? Because if they say, hey, we've been hiding giants, people are going to say, well, what else have you been hiding? Is the Earth hollow? Are aliens among us? Yeah, if we find out that they're hiding this stuff, it's going to alter history. So many things will change, and then history is just going to become so jumbled up, we're not going to know what to believe. It would cause mass chaos. It really would. People would be going crazy. Ah, I knew there was giants. I knew it all along. I married one. <laughs> you think there's going to be like um, 
people who discriminate against tall people after that? You're part of the Giants. I don't know. People seem to love tall people. Yeah. Coming from a short person over here. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that, I was watching TikTok the other day, and um, it was a video of this doorway, and this girl comes walking up to the doorway, and she has to duck to get underneath it. And it's kind of scary looking. She's like seven foot three or four. I've seen that. And people like saying, oh, you're not really that tall. You're just going through like small doorways or something like that. I'm just like, look at this. Here it is. It's kind of scary looking, isn't it? Those are some long legs. Seven foot two. Good Lord. Her name on uh, TikTok is underscore Macy, M-A-C-I, period C. The letter C as in CeeLo. So, yeah, she's extremely tall. All right. So, Dan, you want to tell us about this next theory that we have written down? Of course. This next theory is that both Steve and Marzelli, you know, Steve was the first one to mention it. L.A. Marzelli is the one that interviewed the soldiers, both soldiers. Okay, so Steve was the one who wrote the books and very first mentioned it. Correct. Marzoli, or whatever the hell his name was, is the one who interviewed the soldiers and found them. Yeah, he had like a series, I think it was like called The Watchers or something like that. Okay. So yeah, this theory is pretty much that they both fabricated the story. Steve Quayle hired a person to pretend to be a pilot and come up with this story when he went on Coast to Coast AM. Then years after, no one caring about the story at all, because that was in, I believe, what, 2008 we said? Then Marzulli brought it back up in 2018 with his documentaries that he made. And he had one special forces soldier come forward to tell the tale of the giant of Kandahar that he was actually part of the special forces that killed the giant. Then, magically enough, the other soldier that he interviewed somehow happened to be his driver that he found out that was in the army that was deployed over in Afghanistan. And he just randomly decided to ask him, hey, what, what do you know about the giant of Kandahar? Oh, yeah, that giant or whatever. And that would be the next person he interviewed. It makes you kind of skeptical, right? I mean, what are the odds of his driver being one of the soldiers, a part of that special forces team that encountered this giant? I mean, it's, it definitely makes it skeptical because it's just like, it's so convenient that, oh, he's my driver and he's been over there as well. But yeah, he interviewed both of them and they told the story of how they knew about the giant of Kandahar. And then this, like, they fabricated this story to bring publicity to, say, Steve Quayle and his books that he's been writing. Like, he has Long Walkers, which is about the Nephilim, and then, of course, all his other books with bioterrorism. You know, just bring public- publicity to that. And then you got Merzelli, who was creating a, you know, series called The Watcher or whatever. And, you know, that picked up a lot of views when this story came out. So that helped him get publicity for that. And then, like, other than like those witnesses, there's really no other evidence to prove that this giant of Kandahar was, you know, real. Yeah. And when you write the United States government and ask for like a Freedom of Information Act regarding anything about the giant of Kandahar, they come back and say, we have no information about this. It never existed. Which, if it did, you would expect them to say that, right? Yeah. So... But there's no, like, real hard evidence other than people saying, right? And humans like to fabricate stories. So I'm not saying it's not true, but I'm not saying it's true, okay? Yeah, it it could be true for all we know. It's just the government's doing a very good job of covering it up. Yep, exactly. But that theory is just pretty much that they're making it up. They need to make money. Yep. 
I can kind of see that one. All right, so let's go on to the next theory. So before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. This theory is that the giant was real and that it is an ancestor of what we call Bigfoot. So this theory is that the governments around the world have known for years that giants have existed. However, they have kept it hidden from the public. The governments then decided, hey, let's do some, you know, crazy DNA testing. They take the DNA of these giants and they try to develop some type of like super creature or superhuman. Take the giant's DNA, take human DNA, put it together, and instead they accidentally make a Bigfoot. And then Bigfoot, for some reason, his ass escapes, and that's why we rarely see them in public. Is because, hey, it's a splice of a giant's DNA and a human DNA. Basically, if you believe that aliens created us, right, they came down and they took their DNA and mixed it with Neanderthal or monkey DNA and made us, we did that with giants. Giant DNA, human DNA, boom, Bigfoot. That means that Bigfoot might be a descendant of fallen angels then. <laughs> yeah, all praise Bigfoot. So there's that theory, which it sounds good, but... I mean, it sounds good. I don't know. I'm kind of skeptical of that one. All right, so what's this next theory, Dan? All right, this next theory is that this was all just a hoax for new soldiers. Wouldn't even say hoax, a hazing for new soldiers. As I read through Reddit and everything like that, a lot of people believe that these stories, especially like the Giant of Kandahar, was made up to scare new soldiers just for fun. Just like how they do with kids back in the day, you know, with the folklore and stuff, like don't go into woods, belly or the one-legged snaggletooth old lady would eat you up kind of thing, you know? That's what the story of the Giant of Kandahar was. It was just a part of a series of hazing for new soldiers being deployed to Afghanistan. Because eh. you think people that have never been to Afghanistan, they probably go over there and they hear the story. And then, you know, as they're, you know, on, I guess, like a deployment, you know, out, you know, scanning the friggin' mountainside or whatever, they come across a cave. You think they're going to be like all ready? Be like, yeah, they're going to look at that cave probably and be like, oh, shit, I wonder if a fucking giant's going to be in there. <laughs> Gonna come out with a friggin' spear trying to skewer you. Yeah! Sounds like a damn murloc from World of Warcraft. Who the hell came up with that sound effect? I want to know who the audio engineer was that said, hey, we got to make a giant sound attacking somebody. Let's make it sound like Dan do the sound. That's exactly what it sounded like. I would think it'd be something more deep. Like, Instead, it's like... Are you trying to say, like, they can't speak a friggin' language? They make weird noises? Like, come on. And they're ginger, too, right? Can't forget about that. This is a way to play down gingers. All made up by the gingers. All right, so let's get into our next theory, which is called distraction. So this theory is that this entire story of this giant was purposely made up by the United States government as a way to keep certain people distracted. I want you to think about this, Dan. Majority of the time, who are the ones that are doing the deep digging? When you think about it, it's quote-unquote conspiracy people, right? Correct. Okay. So during that time in the war, the United States government was well aware of the multiple war crimes that they were committing, especially in Guantanamo Bay, for an example. And I am not shitting on the United States government or its military, okay? I'm just saying that there was a lot of war crimes that happened 
in Guantanamo Bay. You can just Google it, right? You see all those photographs that were eventually leaked by, I think it was like WikiLeaks or whatever, of those prisoners that were, you know, all stripped butt naked and had to like stand on top of one another. and Like a pyramid. Yeah, just horrible stuff like that. So the United States government was well aware of these war crimes that were happening, this pretty much torture. So they didn't want people to look at that. So instead, the government says, hey, let's make up this ridiculous story about us finding a giant. That way, the people stay distracted and don't find out that we're, hey, we're actually illegally torturing people in Guantanamo Bay. So basically, pretty much a wag the dog kind of thing. Like, hey, look over here. Hmm. What if it was the opposite, though? That's why the pictures and stuff got leaked of Guantanamo Bay. Ooh. That they actually found a real-life Nephilim there in Afghanistan, and they're just like, this story's going to get out. Even though we had the soldiers sign NDAs and stuff, this story's going to get out. That's why there's no pictures, nothing. Like the pilot, like they couldn't take any pictures or anything. They couldn't talk about it. But Guantanamo Bay, all that stuff got leaked. So it made you focus more on Guantanamo Bay. Like they used the soldiers or whoever there as a scapegoats. Damn, Dan. That's why you're a host on this show. I love it. I absolutely love it. Now, I'm not shitting on the United States government or anything like that either, but, you know, it's just, just a theory, guys. I like it, Dan. I like it a lot. I like you a lot. Ooh, nice. All right. So this last thing that we're going to talk about is not really a Theory, I just actually touched your hand with my toe. That Dan. was actually my inner leg thing. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right, real quick. Uh, we're in the same recording area. We haven't got the studio 100% done. We're still working on it, but we are recording in the same space, and we're sitting at the same table, and I had to stretch my leg out, and I'm not wearing any socks, and I pushed my leg out in my, what was it, my pointer toe? I think it was your pointer toe. I don't know. Touch Dan's leg. So there you go. A little excitement here in the studio. He reacted to my I like you a lot. <laughs> All right. So this uh, last thing that we're going to talk about, like I said, it's, it's not really a theory. It's something that we came across. It was a post that a retired U.S. military official made. So somebody had actually asked this military official, hey, uh, what is your opinion on the giant of Kandahar and giants in general? So this retired U.S. military official stated, and we quote, The giant was real, and there were many others. They are a result of breeding experiments carried out by the Big Greys and the lizard people of the Hollow Earth. They bred Bigfoot to the Yeti and then to pygmies, which is why they are only 15 feet tall instead of 22 feet 3 inches tall. These experiments took place at a secret Illuminati base beneath Kabul, but the offspring escaped and established a breeding colony. The lizard people have contacted the CIA to hunt down and exterminate the escaped giants. And that is the quote from the U.S. military official, which out of everything we talked about, this seems like the most far-out thing in our entire story. That right there sounds like the retired U.S. official just decided to make the most ridiculous sounding thing ever, just trying to combine so much to make fun of the person asking. And to discredit this entire situation. Yeah. 
if you think about it, what if this was actually the true story? How crazy would that be? So they bred Bigfoot to the Yeti, and then they're just like, well, he's too damn tall. So now we have to breed that to the pygmies, which brought him down to 15 feet tall instead of the exact measurement of 22 feet and three inches. Yes. And these experiments, these breeding experiments, were by aliens and uh, lizard people who apparently live in Hollow Earth. And I guess they didn't do a good job with security because these giants ended up escaping this breeding facility and they started like their own breeding colony. So the lizard people at that point of Hollow Earth were like, shit, we don't know what to do. And the CIA has like a group that goes out and hunts down these escaped giants. This would be a great movie. That would be a great movie, which it makes me think like the giant of Kandahar, maybe he was an escaped thing and he just made it to the surface and that's when he skewered Dan. Poor Dan. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a, a little far out there, but it, it's fun to think about, you know? That is. All right, Dan, I guess let's go into personal thoughts and theories. I'm going to ask you straight up, giants, do they exist? Yes. How many of them are there and where do they exist at? There are exactly 12 of them and they all live in different states of the United States. I'm totally shitting you. I don't know how many there are. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, you're very specific. No, I, I believe they exist. How many there are? I don't think the population is like really high, of course. If they're the true giants or Nephilim, they're probably in hiding because, you know, what that retired US, U.S. official said, they might actually be, you know, being hunted because their DNA is going to be totally different from ours. You know, if they are descendants of the fallen angels, that means their blood is something special, probably. Okay. All right. Do you think this giant of Kandahar story is real? Do you think it really happened? I actually have to say no. I don't think it really happened. Going off the facts that we looked into and in all the stories, there's just not enough hard physical evidence of it. You know, you're just like, but Dan, you believe in Bigfoot. I mean, there's like footprints and stuff like that. They actually find stuff that could be related to Bigfoot. All this is is literally by word of mouth. There's no pictures. There's no documents. There's no not even single footprints or nothing. I have to agree. I'm right there with you. I think this giant of Kandahar story was made up as a way of a distraction. But I do believe that there are giants that have existed at one point, And I think the government does have some type of underground facility or facility that's hidden away where they're able to extract this previous existing giant's DNA and that they're making some beings out of this DNA. And of course, they're not going to tell the public that. But I do think at one point in history on Earth, there were giants that existed. Now, I'm not talking like 20 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet. I'm talking 11 to 15 feet. The same as this giant of Kandahar. See, that I can believe. I mean, shoot, maybe they captured some giants and they're trying to create super soldiers. Because, of course, our, we're always looking to better our military. 100%. If they did have something like that, they would put it to a military use. Yeah, I, I believe that. I believe that they might actually have some captured already. They're not going to tell us. But yeah, but for the story of uh, Kandahar, eh, I don't want to say that these soldiers are lying, but I don't even know if they're actually soldiers. Yeah. All right. Well, if you or a loved one was a soldier in 2002 in Kandahar and you were a part of Special Forces and you fought some giant in a cave 
and you seen one of your friends get skewered, and his name was Dan, <laughs> shoot us an email. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Or if you've come across a giant out in public, just kind of like strolling along the hillside, and you have pictures, send them to us at Aaron at theories of the third kind.com or Dan at theories of the third kind.com. We'd love to see him. Especially if he's wearing sumo wrestler underwear. Dan would love to see that. Now I'm going to get pictures of sumo wrestlers in their little underwear. <laughs> My God. All right. So do you have anything else you want to add to this episode today before you transition to our on the scene? Uh, no, I mean, it was honestly a good story. You read into it. It's very interesting. It's, it's different from a lot of the other like conspiracies and stuff out there about this. So it was definitely fun to read, but I just don't believe it. All right. Well, thank you for that. So that is the end of our first episode of Season 5, The Giant of Kandahar. So now we're going to transition to our On the Scene. So if you aren't familiar with what our On the Scene is, it is where an individual around the world goes to random people, or it could be people you know, and interviews them and asks them questions about current conspiracies or happenings in the world and gets their opinion on it. Now, anyone can do this. All you have to do is just take your phone and record the audio, make sure it's less than two minutes long, and make sure it's not in a very noisy environment. I mean, it doesn't have to be perfect, but make sure there's like no train driving by or something like that, you know? Make sure it's the voices are clear. If you can understand the voices and all that stuff, then it'll be good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just send that audio, make sure it's less than two minutes long, send it to our emails, Aaron at theories of the third kind.com. And Dan at theories of the third kind.com. And we will put it in line to play at the end of our show each week. So for this week's On the Scene, we have Justin B, as in Bravo. Is it Justin Bieber? No, it is not Justin Bieber. I don't think it is. Damn. Maybe it could be. I don't know. I guess let's take a listen to it and see. So we'll play that right now. All right. I'm here with Chrissy Boy. Crazy boy, you just got back from your trip from Los Angeles to Utah, Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City, Utah. Tell me, what's going on between here and Salt Lake City, Utah? That's the thing. There is nothing going on. There is literally nothing but open space for miles, mountain ridges. But where the fuck are the stars, bro? There's no stars out there. Like, you... Or in the middle of nowhere on the way from Nevada to Utah. And it's pitch black. We left at like 7 p.m. We got there at 9 a.m. And not a single star was seen. Well, some stars, quote unquote, were seen. But no, no Milky Way galaxy. No purples. No nothing. Nothing like that. So where they at, huh? Where the fuck they at? Where do I have to go? Jesus. Well, I can't say anything because I haven't been on the scene. Boom. Well, thank you for that. It wasn't Justin Bieber. At least I don't think so. I mean, at the very beginning, I don't know. I was very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Had a good voice. But thank you for your on the scene this week, Justin. I love it. Yeah. So no stars in the sky. Uh, he was just in a light polluted area, and even then, if you're looking out through your window while you're driving, you're not going to notice it. You have to pull over and actually look up into the sky. You have to let your eyes adjust to the darkness, all that. Because I mean, even taking Coda out at night, I'll look up and 
I mean, we're not in a very light polluted area, but I can see some of the stars. And then lately it's been like foggy, so I don't know. And by the way, Coda is his pet dog. It's not his kid. He doesn't just randomly take his kid out at night. That's what I was thinking. People wondering, what the hell? Why does he take his kid out at night? No, he just randomly gazes at the stars. All right, let's get this out the way. I'm not married. I'm single. I have no kids. (laughs) Okay, he is a bachelor, ladies and gentlemen, free on the market and single. But he's staying that way, okay? That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Justin B., uh, for the On the Scene this week. I love it. It was a good one. It was definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. All right. So usually we get into shout-outs and birthday shout-outs. However, since we've been off for the past month, we've been extremely busy. And I just kind of wanted to take this time instead of doing shout-outs. Uh, we'll push those to next week. I just kind of wanted to update everyone on what's been going on. So in case you haven't listened to us for a little while, me and Dan, uh, we actually moved together. Well, not moved in together. We moved to Austin, Texas. Our houses are right across from one another. We're currently building a studio, and um, we are about 20% done with the studio. <laughs> yeah, we, we're getting supplies, but we haven't actually put the stuff up yet. So we have like the, all the sound panels that we're going to use. And like currently right now, we're still in our little makeshift little hut. But before Aaron got over here, I went through the room and I stacked sound panels like all against the room, which it definitely helps. Absolutely. These sound panels we paid a lot for and they work great. And we stacked them up. And of course, we still got our little uh, tent that we're recording in, you know. But um, by, I want to say like mid-September, we should hopefully have the entire studio done. And we should be releasing video clips of our episodes, which then eventually we'll be releasing full video episodes on YouTube. So you'll not only get to listen to us, but you'll also get to watch us on YouTube as we do our episodes. So there you go. Yep. And I'm still debating whether or not to keep the paper bag hat or not. You got to lose it. There's no way you can record with that paper bag. I was sweating just in that little apology video. I was sweating my ass off with that on my head. Yeah. So if you're not a Patreon member, you don't know what we're talking about. But last week, we were extremely busy. We went to podcast movement. We went to a meet and greet, which I want to shout out the people who came to our meet and greet. Next time, we are not going to have it at an event that costs $160 to get in. We weren't charging that. The event was. The next meet and greet that we're going to have is just going to be like, hey, meet us here if you want to hang out. There's no admission cost. You want to come and hang out and just kick it and watch a movie or something. I don't freaking know. I don't know why, but first thing that came to mind was like, we should just all meet at Dave and Buster's. Let's drink and play some games. <laughs> it does sound pretty fun. Kind of does. But yeah, we're going to do something like that. Well, there's no admission fee. Uh, but yeah, the people who did come out, thank you. I love you. I'm proud of you. Anyways, so that's what we got on the horizon. Videos coming mid-September as we finish building our studio. Just have patience with us as we roll this out. We've got a lot of good stuff coming right in your face. That's right. So y'all better be ready. Ooh, I like that. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to uh, say or mention before we roll this episode out, Dan? No, I think I'm good. I can't think of anything right now. Ooh, I got something. Uh Uh-oh. If you want to support us and you need more episodes to listen to and you are not a Patreon member, right now is the perfect time to sign up. It is the first, and you will get charged $5 
and you'll get access to our entire back catalog of Patreon episodes. We have like 120 past Patreon episodes, and we got tons of bloopers. There is a lot to listen to, and um, it connects to your phone. It gives you an RSS feed that automatically connects, and we got instructions on how to connect everything. Super easy, so all you have to do, pay the $5, follow the instructions, which takes less than a minute to do. It will pull that RSS feed over, so you got access to the Patreon episodes and the regular episodes on your phone. The only thing is that the RSS feed from Patreon does not work with Spotify yet. I don't know yeah. if they're going to. Hopefully they will. Yeah. Uh, during podcast movement, I went to the Patreon booth and specifically asked them that question. And they looked at me like I was stupid. Yeah. All, all that lady was doing at the Patreon booth was selling shirts. Yeah. I was like, well, get me in touch with somebody technical. And she's like, well, I'll take your information down. I have still yet to hear from anybody at Patreon. And then we went to the megaphone booth. Because we wanted to ask about the hosting fees. Yeah, and they didn't know what the hell was going on. They were just there to sign people up to go into the seminar. They don't know nothing about Megaphone. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened during podcast movement. We'll cover all that during the Patreon episode. Um, also, during our break, we did release a lot more Patreon episodes. We have one where we talk about personal stories in our lives, where we just cover personal stories. Uh, yeah, we did a question and answer episode, a whole bunch of other stuff. So if you want to, go sign up. Right now is the perfect time. It supports us. Money goes straight to us. It helps us build our studio. Uh, and it allows us to buy our ramen packets for 30 cents each and feed them to each other. That's right. And you can hear the story of how I almost died. <laughs> yes, you can hear that. So there you go. All right. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. Every single one of you. I cannot wait for the future and what it has in store for us. So with that being said, Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. <laughs>